welcome back to Nights Enough. As you'll notice in today's episode, Stephen is not here. He took a much needed break. Um, but this is my lovely wife, Amy. I have a lot more hair than Stephen. Yes, yes, she does. Um, so tell us, tell them a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, like you said, I'm his wife, Amy. We have four kids and they are pretty much our whole lives. Yeah, but they're getting older. So um, we've got, oh gosh, math, a 27? Yeah, I can't tell anymore. They've okay, thrown a thought. I got it, I got it. It's 27, 24, 23, and 17-year-old. It's the 17-year-old that throws me off because we used to be able to do every two two years, bing, bing, bing. Yeah, but as long as you know what the oldest one is, the youngest one is 10 years difference. So it's 27, and you just keep that in your brain, and then when you get to the end, it's 17. She's 27. I know. She's old. We're old. Which makes us really old. But it, it so the older two are out of the house. Um, we have the 23-year-old and the 17-year-old in the house. Um, so there's five of us in the house because mm-hmm. we also have Bert's mom, my mother-in-law, that lives with us as well. Which is a great segue into what we're going to be talking about today. So we were having a discussion recently and talking about, you know, the state of the world and how everything has, um, it's, it's not the same as it used to be. And one of the things that has been, I think, a big change for a lot of people is multi-generational living, where you have multiple generations living in the same home. And um, why do you think that is, that we have so many people or multiple generations in a home now? Well, I know for us, um, it's the, the older generation. So like Bert's mom, um, with the social security that they get, things like that, it's just not enough money to live on. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way with the, the cost of rent and, and the cost of groceries, I mean, the cost of everything going up yeah. that she would be able to afford to live her, on her own. And then the same kind of holds true for the younger generation. So our, our 23-year-old actually had moved out and has moved back because they can't afford to live on their own. And sometimes they get into like bad roommate situations or, you know, being stuck in a, you know, moved out with a boyfriend or moved out with a girlfriend. And then they broke up, but they're kind of stuck in that living situation because neither one of them can afford to live on their own. So which isn't good for mental health. Right. Absolutely. So that's kind of how we ended up being multi-generational and it, I mean, it's worked really well for us and we've been multi-generational since 2001 I think 2000 yeah 2001 Michaela 2001. yep yeah so 22 years we've been multi-generational and so it has been nice I mean like when the kids were younger we mm-hmm. had um, an extra adult we had your mom she was working full-time but if we had to run three different directions for um, school. any kind of school performance, anything like that. It was like, she could take one kid. I could take one kid. You could take one kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one kid was usually old enough to be on their own. So <laughs> it was good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, even in, in your situation, your mom is also living multi-generationally because your brother lives with her. And my father is and, as and, well. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have brothers who are twins and one of them lives with my mother and then his daughter um is there with them uh whenever he has custody of her and then my father the uh, the other twin lives with my father so and we're lucky enough that the moms get along so they'll have little grandma weekend dates yes yeah so bert's mom will go over and 
spend a weekend or spend a week sometimes in the summer at my mom's house and they'll, you know, just, Party. Be, just be crazy, giggly, like teenage girls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or she'll come over here for the weekend, but mm-hmm. we did some, some research and some, a little bit of, of number crunching and we figured out that, um, so right now, as of 2023, um, the minimum wage is 1063, I believe, for large corporations and 863 for uh, everybody else. But in 2024, it will be going up to 885 an hour for uh, most companies and 1085 for large corporations. The average person who uh, retail wage in Minnesota is 15 bucks an hour. And that's typically either retail or fast food is what most teenagers are going to be able to find right out of high school. Right. Um, they're not going to just land in a nice big corporate job. Um, and the average fast food rate is about twenty two thousand to twenty eight thousand dollars a year, um, and that's just not enough. To no, no, it is not. not. Um, because like healthcare alone, the average a month for healthcare is three hundred and ninety two dollars, and rent um, is one thousand six hundred and eighty bucks a month. And then throw in your average utilities a month, you're looking at three sixty six, and that's not including things like your cell phone or car insurance, or car, or gas, or entertainment, you know, going out, groceries, things like that. Right. And I think a lot of the um, the younger generation, like our kids, you know, if they're finding those things are considered uh, luxuries. Like, that's like, you're getting down to what are the actual necessities mm-hmm. of living? But who wants to live in existence where you're working to be able to afford to have a roof over your head yeah and food to eat and and like the bare minimum Mm -hmm. that that's no way to live yeah and i mean that goes recently you made a job change and i think that kind of fits in that too to where you Mm -hmm. went from working in a job where you had to um work at that job because i wasn't working at the time and so money the money was important and now you have switched to something that is not the money focus but more of the mental health and just health benefit focus and something you love yeah, so I did take um, a little bit of a pay cut to, to go back actually to a previous job. Um, but just the, like you said, the mental well being, but not feeling so stressed out. Well, like the second you wake up in the morning going, yeah, to go to work. And you have to like gear yourself up mentally to get in a place where you're just able to function through the day. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah, I, I, you can't maintain that level. I mean, I can't maintain that level. Some people yeah. may be able to. Um, but so now waking up in the morning and it's like, okay, I get up. I have the energy to get out of bed and work out and, you know, get my lunch together and all of those things and head off to work. And now, you know, we get to work at the same place. So that's yes. fun. So we get to drive together. It's, which we did years ago before Michaela was born. Mm-hmm. Our, our youngest daughter. Yeah, and when she was a baby, yeah, we at the same place. And and we loved that the the carpooling to be able to talk, you know, on the way to work, on the way home. Because sometimes we're just both so tired before from work. It was like I I can't even talk anymore. Right. Yeah. And well, and like my previous job is like on the phone all day mm-hmm. long, and you talk to so many people. It's like I just cannot talk to one more person. And you were today. kind of tied to your desk. Like you couldn't really leave yeah. because you were on the phone. Which, you know, affects your health, not mm-hmm. just your mental well-being, but your mm-hmm. physical well-being yeah. as well. If you're tied to a desk and you're not able to get up and move around and uh, yeah. things like that, you know, affects your circulation and mm-hmm. 
which is a big scare, mm-hmm. of course. One of the things that we've also talked about was um, taking care of parents and just how expensive it is. Um, the average in Minnesota right now, a month, well, actually in 2021, um, the average for elderly care was $4,508 a month. I was surprised by that. And I just, I couldn't imagine, like, how do people even afford that? That's like almost three mortgages right there. Right. Yeah. And that number doesn't surprise me at all because I've been more in that world than you have. I've seen more of those numbers before. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that number doesn't surprise me at all. If anything, it surprises me that it's not higher than that now. Yeah. And, and hence why multi-generational living happens. I mean, my mm-hmm. sister basically moved in when my dad um, had a, an issue and was in the hospital for, was he in there for two years, a year and a half? Yeah, I think it was. Something like that. Um, and then when he was finally able to go home, she basically moved in and became his caregiver 24-7. Mm-hmm. And, you know, without that, there's, there's no way. Um, yeah, and I think that's another good point with the multi-generational living is like um, so your mom here now. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't really drive anymore. She can. She still has her license. She's 72. She's going to be 73 in a couple months. Um, but she doesn't like to drive at night. She doesn't like right. to drive in the rain. She doesn't like to drive in the winter. It's Minnesota, so six months out of the year, she will not drive. Right. Technically, six months out of the year, I won't drive. <laughs> That'll be all you now that we're working together. But, you know, it's we're able to drive her places if she needed to go somewhere right. or wanted to go somewhere. Um, we're able to take care of that mm-hmm. portion of it for her. Any bills that she would have. Yeah. We take care of those for her. So she doesn't, she's not worrying about balancing a checkbook. She's mm-hmm. not worrying about what's in her bank account. You know, we kind of took on all of those things right. for her. Which, you know, and, and honestly, I think that's another thing is when you have, when you're in a relationship where one person handles all of that and you don't. I mean, that, what's happened with my parents is my, my dad took care of all the finances. Mm-hmm. He, insisted on taking care of all the finances the bookkeeping the whatever and so she basically just deposited her check and that was it so when they divorced there was no way she even knew how to live on her own how to pay bills how to get the groceries going any of that stuff and that happens a lot with people um when a spouse passes you know and it's and we've had this conversation too it's like there's a red binder the red binder yes (laughs) if if heaven forbid something were to happen to my husband, I know to go look for the red binder. It has all the information, all the, you know. Oh, well, now I'm going to change the color in my house so you guys won't. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It, it's like. I've it's, given a class on that actually for um, a local organization about um, uh, putting together all of your important information in one secure spot so that when something happens people have your pass your passwords your bank account information mm-hmm. your checking account um, we just talked to some friends recently who i was m- talking about that same thing to and they're helping their parents um with their day-to-day shopping and things like that and getting them around and she finally was like you know what we were at the bank and we said 
I'm going to add, you need to add me onto your bank. So if something happens, I can get access to take care of this stuff for you. And, and they did. And that's, people don't have those conversations. Like I know with, with your right. parents, it's a hard conversation to sometimes have because they're like, oh, I'm going to live forever. You're fine. You don't need to worry about yeah, it. But it's my, like, no, we do. It's going to live forever. And my dad just thinks everything's going to take care of itself. So he'll be gone. And all of his children, my siblings and I are expected to go to his house and just sort through things amicably and, you know, with no problems. And I, that is sadly just not how things work. And I don't think no. he's thinking of like the financial piece right. stuff or, you know, big things that yeah. he owns, things like that. And yeah. then, like I said, my mom is, she doesn't want to talk about it. It's depressing yeah. to talk about death and she's just going to live forever. Yeah. And, and closing those accounts. I mean, you need to have certain things in place, mm -hmm. even with Medicare, medical stuff, you know, you need to, um, have certain forms filled out so that somebody can go in and close your account and right. stuff like that. And, yeah. And yeah. people don't even know that these things, that they have to do these things, mm -hmm. which is, is sad too. Yeah. We've helped a few of our friends actually um, do up like their wills and living yep. wills and healthcare directives and things like that. Um, Cause it was something that we got into ourselves yeah. very early on. It was like the first a big trip that yeah. we took together and the kids were all small and we were thinking, you know, we're going on a plane. It was like my first trip on a plane. Yep. It was the first time that we were on like a great big vacation. Yeah. And so, and of course our wedding theme was Titanic me. and we were going on a cruise. So we were already sat for it to just go down. <laughs> Didn't help that she had a little mimic heart of the ocean and a, you know, fancy dress that we, she was wearing on the ship. Mm-hmm. It's just tempting fate. <laughs> yeah, but we had that whole conversation yeah. and made sure that all of the wills and all that yeah. stuff was updated ahead of time. So, And my dad, he was a realtor and a bookkeeper. And so he was in that world of finances and um, things. Plus, he was in the military and he always had stuff set for anything happened to him so that his mom could take care of things for him. And so I was always raised up on that. You need to have these things in place. Here's, you know, mm -hmm. here's the red binder. This is where it is if anything happens to me. And honestly... When he did pass um, quite a few years ago, you know, you're in shock for one. Right. The only thing that was going through my head that I could even remotely think about was I need to find the binder. And we did. We found it. I mean, I knew exactly where it was. He always made sure we knew. But I, I grabbed it. My sister was kind of like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm like, the binder. I need the binder. Give me the binder. And everything was set. We had nothing that we needed to worry about and take care of, which was really nice. Yeah. So. And my family has always been the opposite. So we never talked about any of that growing yeah. up. I mean, if something like that had happened when we were younger, I can't even imagine mm -hmm. the turmoil and the chaos. Yeah. Well, I want to say thank you for watching this short little episode of ours. Um, Stephen will be back next time. Um, <laughs> I basically told her she was going to be doing this. She's like, what? <laughs> um, but thank you. Remember to like, share, and comment on our post because, you know, we get engagement. If you hated anything we talked about or disagree and tell us that we're completely wrong, put it in there too. Your comments may show up and we may ridicule you online. It's great. Um, and just remember to go out there and try to be kind to everyone. And if you can't, you only have to be nice enough. Bye. Yeah,